Welcome to the Shortcuts to Public Speaking Success podcast from award-winning speaker Shola Kay. This is the audio version of Shola's weekly video blog. Be sure to visit sholakay.com slash blog where you'll find loads of video tips with helpful written summaries. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Shortcuts to Public Speaking Success and also to my video blog. My name is Shola Kay. I'm a communication specialist based in London with clients around the world, and I'm very excited today to have a little something different for you. And um, some of you may not know that I also have talks and deliver consulting on empathy in the workplace because I feel it's all communication, and especially with the background that I had in the workplace initially, where I was in a situation where I felt I was kind of not included with what was going on around me. I think it's particularly important to um, focus on empathy, listening skills, and everything that goes with it, as well as the communication where we're actually delivering a message to others. So today, I'm very excited because I have a consultant with me, and she's going to share some information about how we can speak up in the workplace when perhaps we're under fire or we're under pressure. And um, the way that I met Baljit, who I'm going to introduce in just a moment, was I was writing an article for HR Zone and on empathy at work. And Baljit saw that article and got in touch. And here we are just a few days later running this podcast together. So it's super exciting. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Baljit Call. And I'm super excited to have her here today. And Baljit helps companies design a diverse workforce and inclusive cultures, achieving excellence in diverse employee attraction, engagement, and retention. She's delivered a range of innovative training and consultancy interventions with particular expertise in unconscious bias, dignity at work, inclusive leadership, inclusive recruitment, and talent management workshops. And she's also um, on various boards, she belongs to various groups, um, and yeah, she's very eminent and very excited to have her here today. So, Baljeet, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me, Shola. I'm really pleased to be sharing my insights with yourselves. Super. Well, as I mentioned before, this is something a little different for me and for my audience, having guests, first of all, having guests on the show, and then also moving more towards this work on inclusive. Um, leadership, talent management, uh, diversity. So I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing your insights with, with my audience. And I'm going to ask you a few questions, but of course, you know, feel free to go wherever you, you'd like to with this interview. And um, as I mentioned, public speaking, it's not all about being prepared or standing up in front of an audience and, <clears throat> uh, you know, getting yourself ready. Sometimes where we're in the workplace, we might be facing difficult situations in front of a group, or perhaps it might even be a Q&A and there's some hostile people in the audience. So I'd love to hear from you what your advice is for people um, regarding standing up for themselves or dealing with tricky situations like that, that they perhaps didn't see coming or they feel a bit blindsided. Mm. So I think the point that you've just started off with there, Shola, in terms of that speak up culture is really what organisations need to aim for. How do they develop cultures in, which are inclusive and what do we mean by inclusive cultures? Well, the key indicator of an inclusive culture is whether people feel that they can speak up. 
So be it your situation that you've just described there, that you're under pressure, you know, something's landed, somebody's landed something onto you and you now need to respond, or be it a speak-up culture where, you know, you feel that you're being undermined or you've been devalued, which is generally the experience that people share with me when I work with organisations, or they've received inappropriate comments um, or behaviour towards them, um, and they need to basically be brave and be able to speak up. Um, so that's a common issue that I come across in organizations, this how do we develop speak-up culture? And essentially what we're saying there is, do we have, first of all, the bedrock in order for people to be able to feel confident in speaking up? And when I refer to bedrock, it's really referring to um, all communication in an organization is influenced by the context in which it's taking place. Uh, and that really means, do we first of all have that bedrock in place, a bedrock of trust, where I feel that should I inadvertently say something wrong, or should I be on the receiving end of an inappropriate comment, uh, language, behavior, whatever that might be, then I feel that there is enough trust in the organization that should I speak up, I will not be reprimanded, I will not be ridiculed, I will not be humiliated and my voice will be heard. So that issue around trust and creating that psychological safety is really, really important. I need to know that um, you know, the organization and my employer has got my back and my best interest at heart. So trust is first of all fundamental. And then I think secondly, there's an issue around, um, you know, you talked earlier, the words you used were around, say, empathy. Um, you know, we talk about some of those tender qualities being kindness and vulnerability. So how do we ensure that we know what our individual values are? Because if I'm going to stay true to my values, I need to know what those are. For example, one of the key values I have is empathy. In the work that I do around diversity and inclusion, you know, empathy is a key ingredient. So how am I ensuring that I am demonstrating empathy and how am I ensuring that I am in touch with my values? I don't think we do enough work in organisations, in workplaces, where we actually get people in touch with their values. We talk about these in a very trite sense, you know, I'd like to be kind, I'd like to be empathetic, but how, do I actually understand what that means in practice and how do I demonstrate it consistently? So the whole issue around values and being true to your values is key to this speak of culture. And I think the third point there I'd like to make is around techniques. Um, speaking up and providing somebody with feedback or challenging something that's happened in an organization um, requires technique and sometimes we take that for granted. So we think feedback and challenge is a common sense issue. We should know how to do this. Um, but it's a technique and we have to teach people what that technique is, and that's an organizational responsibility. Because done in the wrong way, if I have to stand up for myself, whatever the issue might be, I need to be able to do it in a constructive and effective way. Done in the wrong way, I have created tension, I have possibly not preserved that relationship with the individual uh, that I'm, uh, I'm addressing, in which case, what was the point of me speaking up? The whole idea of speaking up is that I am respecting my rights, I'm respecting the rights of the other person and I'm able to provide that feedback in a constructive way. And that's a technique. So that technique that I thought would, uh, I thought a good model for people to actually think about when they're thinking about techniques is the Dr. Eric Burns model. 
uh, in its 1960s models. It's referred to as the transactional analysis. And it's got three stages within it. So when we have an exchange with each other, that communication, that's known as a transaction. And there's three stages that we can adopt. We can adopt a parent mode, uh, an adult mode, or a child mode. So let's take an example uh, to make this real. So if, for example, uh, there's some banter in the workplace, which is, say, commonplace, and I receive a comment such as, um, you look good enough to read today. So somebody's kind of paying me a compliment, but not quite a compliment. Um, so when that comment is made, I have a choice as to how I respond to that. When I respond to that, I can either take the parent mode and say, what you said was sexist. So that's sort of almost reprimanding, uh, like a parent would do with a child. Um, or I could be a little bit patronizing and say something like, um, oh, well, that's what I expected you to say. That's the kind of behavior I expect from you. That approach is not going to bring effective change with that individual. The child approach would be in response to that comment, I might, um, well, I might not say anything. I might just sit there and fold my arms and roll my eyes and shrug my shoulders, you know, in, in, in total, um, um, uh, in total uh, disregard of the fact that that kind of behavior is not going to create effective change in the other person. So I might take a childlike approach. You'll say something like, oh, I'm sorry, I've got a boyfriend or whatever that might look like. What the, what the model actually says uh, to organizations is you, wherever that exchange occurs, when you're standing up for yourself, when you're looking to provide feedback and challenge, it's the adult uh, stage that we need to adopt. We need to have adult to adult conversation. And an adult to adult conversation would be an assertive conversation. The parent mode was very much aggressive. The child mode was passive aggressive and adult mode is assertive. So how can we be assertive in giving that communication? And there are techniques involved in terms of being assertive within the workplace. So again, just taking that example, um, I might say something like, when you said you look good enough to eat, I felt devalued, mm -hmm. disrespected and expand upon that. So we're dissociating the behavior from the individual. So we're not saying the individual is racist, sexist, whatever those you know, big words might be, um, but we're actually saying your behavior was inappropriate. So there are techniques involved in how we stand up to ourselves as well as how we provide feedback and challenge. So really those three stages in terms of, first of all, building the climate of trust, Second, ensuring we've done some work around values, values of the organization, values of the individual. And thirdly, we've equipped people with the tools and the strategies to be able to provide feedback in that effective and constructive way. Mm, that's really helpful, Bajit. I've come across transaction analysis before quite a few times. and It's always seemed really helpful. And in fact, I've used it with my parents, you know, huh? a few times. <laughs> with that sort of adult adult instead of me jumping back to being a sort of reactive kid uh you know getting all hurt or upset so um yeah i i really like that and i hope that's going to be useful to people out there uh because i think quite often we do respond in that kind of knee-jerk way don't we either it's like slap their wrist or oh you've hurt me and neither one of those responses are particularly helpful so so that that's really useful thank you for that um, so the next thing I'd like to ask about is in terms of 
you know, now so many people are dispersed, obviously, because we, we are working from home. So what can companies do in terms of giving people a voice, enabling them to speak up, even though they're spread out? Because, you know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine in HR the other day, and we were talking about situations where, um, you know, people can be sidelined in the office. But imagine, you know, you're already not in the sort of the golden group. Uh, at work and then now suddenly everyone's at home how much easier is it for you to be left left out to dry you know hung out to dry or kind of left out on your own without support so I'm just curious about perhaps what you're observing um, during this working from home period and and any tips you could have for perhaps for individuals who are feeling like they're they're being you know kind of they're just not being included and they're just thinking, well, how can I get further back into things? And I know that's a cultural issue as well. Uh, so maybe you could address it both from the work culture, office culture, and then also from an individual standpoint. Okay. I've been speaking to a number of employers and employees in the last few weeks to understand what their experience is and what their perspective is, because we are in new, almost new territory at this moment in time. And it's really interesting in that um, the kinds of issues that people are facing in these sort of remote working uh, environment very much stem back from the workplace. So I've spoken to individuals who are saying that we felt totally disengaged within the workplace. We didn't feel valued, we didn't feel respected, we didn't feel included. And now this remote working situation has just exacerbated that issue for them, that experience for them because it's almost like uh, they're further out of sight now. So they're going to be further out of mind. And as you've just said, in terms of that power group, you know, um, you know, we do psychologically form in groups and out groups all the time. We don't do it physically. We psychologically, in our minds, are forming in groups and out groups all the time. People that are similar to us, people that are like us, are likely to be in our in group. People that are not, people that ordinarily we wouldn't hang out with, are but people that are in our out group. So in this situation, when you're further out of sight, you know, there is a danger here. There is a high risk that that kind of tendency to differentiate in that way is going to be greater. So in terms of the current arrangements, I think that's a great risk. Organizations that have done some investment in terms of, you know, biases, be that conscious bias, subconscious, unconscious, however, you know, one wants to frame it, um, they'll, be, they'll be in a better situation because what they might need is just a bit of a reminder to say, hey, people, just watch out for your biases, and this situation might actually exacerbate those, in which case they can kind of keep them in check because they'll have done some work around techniques and strategies. But organisations that haven't invested in upskilling their employees around unconscious bias, what it is, how it manifests, and what might be the tools and strategies and techniques that people should deploy more so now than before, then they'll be... They'll, they won't be in a good position. And for me, one of the risks of the current uh, environment is this whole issue around uh, the separation and differentiation between people is, will be very prominent. In a workplace, you can have some water cooler conversations. I've just popped over to the water cooler and there might be somebody that ordinarily I don't know, wouldn't hang out with, but you spark up a conversation. You know, you get to know people a little bit better. But now those water cooler conversations have gone. If I want to speak to somebody, I'm very likely to pick up some, the phone to somebody in my in-group as opposed to somebody in my out-group. 
So that issue for organisations is quite a stark issue in terms of how do they ensure that they're still creating those inclusive cultures and bringing people together. Some people, some organisations, from an organisation's point of view, have got a bit of good practice in this area. So there, there are some organisations that are actively obviously providing support around mental health and anxiety. Um, but they're going a little bit further and they're sort of one organization really good example was they've got uh, uh, almost a, a label for each day of the week so Mondays might be mojo Monday and they'll spend an hour talking about you know what's everyone's mojo and who's lost their mojo and who's you know retained it and what strategies they've used then there might be a well-being Wednesday or there might be a thankful Thursday you know let's do some journaling around how we're feeling and um, being grateful for what we have got putting things into that perspective so some people have gone a little bit further some have introduced um, engagement around say quizzes or showing short videos and saying let's have a discussion around this and it might be around resilience or it might have nothing to do with workplace skills and traits it might be something completely random but it's just about how do we continue to have that inclusive communication and ensure in that process that everybody's voice is heard for some people this arrangement will work you know, this I, for me, for example, I'm I'm an extreme introvert. So for me, you know, working from home in the sanctuary of my home, no distractions. I don't rely on sort of that face-to-face -face time like an extrovert would. So for me, this is like business as usual, and you know, this is my ideal working, you know, norm if you like. For other people, they'll be going stir crazy. They'll be climbing the walls. They rely on that face-to-face. You know, people with disability, maybe somebody on the uh, autism and Asperger spectrum, this might be ideal for them. They don't require those Monday Mojo sessions and all the rest of it. You know, they're, they're productive and, and happy and content, you know, within their four walls, so to speak. So it really does depend on that sort of, uh, what we need to bring into mind is that concept of individuality. For some of this will work, for some it won't work. How do we understand our people and how do we ensure that we're communicating them in, with them in the way that suits them best. Mm. Fantastic, that's really helpful. I'm just going to plug in my laptop. <laughs> Lucky it's right here. Lucky <laughs> mistake there. Pop While you're doing that, Shola, I'll just step in with one other thing which yes, um, just come to mind. In this process, it's really, really important, yes, to have that individual approach, but also take the opportunity to collect people's experiences. Because when there comes a time when we're, when we're sort of deciding what the new norm should look, for, look like for our businesses and our people, we need to understand what were people's experiences. What were the things that worked well? What are the positives we want to take forward? What are the things that we want to shelve? So it's really important to do that as we're going along. Mm, interesting. And... and a lot of it obviously rests on the um, the shoulders of the the organisation. Is there anything as an individual that people can do, or is it really it, it's, it's just tough if you're in one of those groups where you're you know you're in the out group, or you're not getting you're not privy to you know that information that's going to help you still progress your career while people are um, working from home. Is there anything that we can do on an individual level? I guess it does come yeah. down. To for us to be able to go to HR or a supervisor and speak up, but I'd love to hear from you and your, your uh, yeah. expertise on this. Well, I think it's important that yes, one people do feel empowered to do so, but even if the climate isn't the, the, the most conducive to a speak up culture, 
uh, individuals still need to take some responsibility because if we don't, then we've just the, the culture will perpetuate, and any injustices and inequalities will continue to perpetuate and just be reinforced at the time. So absolutely, people need to speak up, just regardless of what their surrounding is. It's almost taking ownership for yourself and your trajectory with that workplace. Um, and I think then the the onus on the individual is just to ensure that they they've skilled themselves up in terms of some of those feedback and challenge uh, techniques that we spoke about earlier, because done in the wrong way, you can create more damage. Uh, so if we want things to land most effectively, you know, how do we ensure that we are asking thoughtful questions, we are positioning and framing things in the most positive way? It's not a blame culture. It's just saying that with this happening, whatever the situation might be, you know, this is how I'm feeling, or this has been the impact on my life. Um, this is what I need. So, you know, when organizations say bring us problems and bring us solutions, so, you know, be, be uh, prepared to um, raise the issue, but also have some suggestions for the organizations as to what might work or what is it that you require. You know, so absolutely have those constructive discussions. And, and you might be surprised, you know, whilst we say it might be a cultural issue, not everybody within that culture uh, will think and behave in, that, in the same way. So HR generally are more compassionate, more open, more receptive. But if you frame things in the right way and take ownership for your part in that process, then absolutely. Mm, interesting. <laughs> and, and if Oh, gosh, I've got all echoey. Let's turn this down a bit. So if people want to skill themselves up, let's say that you, you work for an organization that isn't big on training uh, and you feel like you want to get some of these skills yourself, are there websites or are there places that people can go to that have uh, a bit of information on these techniques, these sort of speaking up techniques and challenging te challenge techniques um, that they can just at least empower themselves with, with those skills? Mm. Okay, so off the top of my head, um, however, however, there are plenty. So whilst I can't, uh, I may not be able to, uh, a specific um, website might not come to mind, but there are plenty of websites. So websites and information around, first of all, things like uh, values and how you align yourself to your values, because your values will be your guiding principles. If you say, for example, kindness is a value or empathy is a value or being respectful is a value, then the way that you provide that communication to the other person, you know, these principles, these values should be your guiding principles. So you want it to land in that way. So if that's the case, then how do you frame it in the context of your values? So I think um, doing some work around values, I know there is an organization, um, uh, I was on their webinar just the other day, it's called Service Brand, um, and they do a lot of work in terms of 31 days. Um, so they have, a, so if you pick a value of empathy, um, over the 30, over the period of 31 days, you can actually do some work in terms of how you go about demonstrating that value. Because the thing with values is you need to, one, keep them in your conscience, so they don't just fall off the radar. They're not just the uh, trite words. You need to bring those concepts into practice. But in, for human-based behavior to be sustainable, it needs to be repetitive. We need to rehearse and practice it. So what this tool does is over 31 days enable you to practice that technique in the hope that then you'll be able to sustain that behavior going forward. Because I like to say I'm empathetic. 
but you know am i empathetic with my daughter am i empathetic with my employer am i empathetic you know so how do i do it consistently because that's the behavioral change so that might be something people might want to look into the other thing people might want to look into is positive affirmation and self-help so just ensuring that you regardless of your situation you're taking responsibility for your mental health and well-being uh, and there's lots out there in terms of positive affirmations and well-being and in terms of feedback and challenge techniques, I, I'm not sure you'll find something in one place, uh, but certainly um, if you look at, um, you know, you just maybe uh, type in feedback and challenge questioning techniques, then that might be a good place to start because that will then give you those open-ended questions which usually land better um, and, and, and provoke that re uh, thinking and that reflection because that's what your questions are meant to do. You know, rather than me telling you, you know, Chola, uh, when you did this, it came across like this, because that might, you might get your back up and be a little bit defensive. Whereas if I actually use some questions, which are almost coaching you, coaching you to think about the language and behavior that you potentially used, you might not even know the impact of what you've just said and done. Yeah. So giving you the benefit of the doubt, I'll be asking you some thoughtful, open-ended questions. You know, when you said um, X, Y, and Z, um, I'm really interested to know where you were coming from or what did you mean by that? So it gets you to do that self-reflection, you to do that thinking for yourself and that's where the attitudinal shift will come from where you are to where you want to be rather than, you know, you should do this and you shouldn't do that because that kind of approach is very effective. Mm, that's awesome. really interesting. Um, there's a lot there to unpack really because you talked about the values um, and I, that's something that I often ask people to look at in terms of their speaking because quite often we judge ourselves uh, or we rate ourselves against these you know famous speakers or whatever it might be but if you know your values as a communicator that's what you should be looking to achieve it's not something else that's quite amorphous that is almost impossible to to manage so that's super helpful um, and then also um, this service brand I'll have to check that out the 31 days uh, did you say service brand as in service brand yes alan williams is the uh, person who delivered the webinar and i believe that's his company uh, i don't know i haven't come across the company before but i thought the webinar was really useful and what was useful is this whole issue around you have to practice and you have to um you know to get that behavior change in place you have to practice your values almost on a daily basis Fantastic. So Alan Williams, I'll check that out and put the link in. Um, because again, that's something else that I run a, a, a course on empathy in a, a keynote. And I challenge people to do a 30 or 60 day, day um, empathy challenge afterwards. So they actually have to just figure out who should I be speaking to at the workplace or who, who do I not speak to that I can actually open a conversation with in a dialogue and then challenge people to actually make those connections on a regular basis for a month or a couple of months so that that's i'll definitely check out that service brand and, and see how that works with what i'm doing and then finally the feedback and the challenge technique uh, again this this idea of asking coaching questions because I, I think what's helpful there is to when you when you're using these sorts of techniques you're no longer seeing yourself as a victim of oh they said this to me or oh this is what happened you're actually playing a very active role in, in not only helping the person that made those comments to kind of progress and move forward, but I think that kind of focus then takes a lot of the energy, that kind of negative energy away, and you're trying to actually transmute it into positivity. Uh, and I think that 
that can always help because then you don't feel like oh I'm, I'm being uh, you know victimized or this is mm. obviously you might still feel that anyway because it mm. depends on the extent but um uh, yeah the idea that there's something positive that you can do that that can mm. change things um and and doesn't have you just in a corner thinking oh gosh i have to take this so yeah. i think that's because you single-handedly may not be able to change the culture of the organization but it's taking ownership for what you can do yeah really really helpful fantastic well, this is, yeah, great tips here. Lots and lots and lots to, to work on, you know, for me and hopefully for my listeners as well. Because uh, I'm all about, obviously, a lot of things need to happen at the enterprise level and the organization level. But I think whatever we can try and do ourselves as individuals will make us feel empowered and, and um, no longer in a victim-like situation because we can actually take action. So this, this has been super helpful. So, um, Balji, as we come to the end of our session today, I'd love you to share a little bit about um, how people can get in touch with you or what they can do next if they've particularly enjoyed listening to you speak today. So um, please uh, do go ahead. Okay. Um, so contact details, I think my LinkedIn profile is probably the best source of information that will have all my contact details. So that will be baljit.core. So that's uh, just spelling my name, B-A-L-J-I-T and core is spelled K-A-U-R, just so you do get the right person. So Baljit Core on uh, LinkedIn and my consultancy is Innate Consultancy, I-N-N-A-T-E. Um, and very much, yes, we cover the gamut of um, diversity and inclusion issues and also some of these self-help techniques around some of these, how do we develop empathy and kindness and vulnerability, those tender qualities, which often get overlooked in workplaces. We're very good at sort of, you know, the analytical, systematic, task-focused. But what about some of this stuff is really, really important in terms of problem solving, building relationships, building trust, etc. As well as all the things that, you know, we do in terms of diversity and inclusion. But certainly my LinkedIn profile and my website, innateconsultancy.co.uk, and I am posting videos and articles all the time. So just tap into my LinkedIn and uh, you can get all that information. Excellent. I want to thank you so much and acknowledge you for all the great stuff that you shared uh, today. Because I think there's, there's, there's a lot of people out there who are struggling a bit in this situation where they're working from home. Maybe they've got a challenging home situation as well as a challenging work situation. And sometimes work is the, the relief, you know, it's the release to get away from home. Um, and I've, sometimes it's the other way around, but it's it's a, a tough time for many out there. So I think a lot of what you've shared will will bring people some relief and and help them to kind of change things or at least feel that they're they're empowered to to make changes. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Baljeet, and wishing you all the best with your business. Thank you very much for having me, Shola. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Perfect. Take care. If you want more resources to help you ace your public speaking then head on over to sholakay.com. You can sign up for helpful weekly tips, download a freebie, or learn about online and in-person live events. See you soon and keep on speaking up.